faded her every week. Yeah, I'm not only because I feel like over the course of the last few seasons that we've played, Sam puts up like decent numbers, but then she's always top of the pack. So I don't know if it's like maybe I need to change up the schedule like next year. I don't know if the schedule remains the same. I think it does, but I need to figure something out to where, you know, it's, you know, what? I can't, I can't say anymore. I don't want to say anymore because I feel like the fantasy football gods are going to spite me again. So I will refrain from what I'm about to say. And it's only perfect that you are playing Sam this week after that emotional um, saga, that ballad yeah. that you gave us last episode. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to it only because I look at Sam's team and I see a lot of juicy matchups to where I'm already kind of depressed about looking at my team being two and three after this week, um, after starting out two and oh, so I definitely need to win. So you want to dive into this matchup? Yeah, well, you have the highest projections of the week. We were just talking before we did this recording. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe that's a little out of line. Maybe they're boosting the numbers a little bit, but if we're looking at juicy matchups, let's first look at Cortland Sutton this Thursday against the Colts. Colts are a bad team, and Sutton, even with the poor offensive output that the Denver that Denver has put out the first three weeks of the season, there's such an easy floor for Sutton, and I'm super excited to see him this Thursday. Yeah, I it's as at home, it'll be a little bit more comfortable for that team, that offense. Um, Colts just have been up and down the entire season, uh, mostly down, but. I uh, I will say that I am glad that I have the Broncos defense this week. Um, I do think they have a good matchup against a Matt Ryan team, and there's no Jonathan Taylor, which is huge. So I really like the Broncos this week as a as a defense um, to throw up some points. Cortland Sutton, I think, will have a good game. He's he averages thirteen point two a week, and his projections at thirteen point five. So I would I would be happy with that. I would of course like to get him in the end zone, which will boost those numbers a little bit. But I, I do like that matchup. Yeah, and I think after week one, uh, you look like a world beater having Kareem Hunt in your lineup. And that first week, um, him knocking those two touchdowns, 21 points. But, man, week two, week three, week four, he's averaging about eight points a week. Are you still high on Kareem? Are you confident putting him in that running back slot or what? I think, well, one thing I, I am looking for running backs. I think that's a very well-known thing as of now. I've been I've been texting, uh, trying to get some trades done. Um, but for Kareem himself, yeah, I'm, I'm a little worried. He is getting those red zone opportunities still inside the five uh, opportunities as well. He just can't seem to cash any of those in, which has been frustrating to watch. Um, only getting about two or three catches a game is not something that I'm used to with him feel like he's good for four or five uh but he still is getting at least 10 carries a game which is something i like i will say i do think this chargers browns game he plays the chargers this week uh the chargers aren't good against the run um they allow big plays which is going to be huge for uh players like nick chubb and kareem hunt um and i do like justin herbert's matchup a lot against cleveland they they give up a lot of big passing plays so i will say i really like those two matchups and i'm glad i have both of those players I will say I think Kareem Hunt gets in the end zone this week, um, and uh, you know he gets close between twelve and fifteen points. If I was if I was in your spot, I would maybe consider uh, looking at the potential of Raheem Mostert. I know that uh, Dolphin backfield is a little muddled with him and Chase Edmonds, but we did see last week 
He got 15 carries, seven yards. He was efficient runner. It seems like he's getting more and more involved with a good game game script. Jets defense. I know they're at the on the road. Jets with Zach Wilson. He looked pretty pro. Uh, he looked good. I mean, the offense mm-hmm. is going to be uh, better. Um, I don't know. I feel that Raheem. This may be a good game for Raheem to hit, uh, get into the backfield um, since he's been kind of ramping up his project uh, production. So. If I had to make a little side bet there, give me uh, Raheem. I'll get say give me Raheem to get a touching uh, touchdown this week against the Jets, and and I don't know if I'm confident enough to say he's going to outscore Cream Hunt enough. Where if I was in your position, just switch him out of your lineup. But I do see some sneaky value with Raheem Mostert on your bench. Yeah, I I see that in a little. I'm just I'm still kind of just apprehensive only because they do I, I see it just it seems every week it's been back and forth right like mm-hmm. uh raheem a uh, week two had 11 carries and then week four had 15 and then chase edmonds week one had 12 carries and week three he only had six because they were they didn't really have the ball that much um in that game but he scored two touchdowns like in the in the red zone so yeah, it seems like it's every other week, so I don't know if I do the every other week thing and I just go off of what the, the trends have been. But it, it's hard for me to play someone where I'm, I'm still very just not sure what I'm going to get. And I know Kareem is going to get me 10. That's consistency. Like that is all four weeks have been over 10 carries. Um, and Jeff Wilson gets the ball now, too. And I'm not going to start those running backs over uh, CD or Cortland Sutton. So, yeah. I feel like it's one of those situations where you need to get burned by leaving him on your bench. You have to have the thought of playing him one week and then you got to get burned by leaving him there. That's when you really make that start making those discussions about moving them up, moving them up in your lineup. Yeah. I mean, if he were to go off in a week and he's on my bench, I mean, it would of course be bittersweet, especially if I lose, but I would at least have that clarity of like, Hey, like he is actually getting 15 carries a game. He's actually scoring. So therefore I can start to maybe perhaps trade him off to like a team that needs a running back, even though I know I need a running back, but it's always one of those things where it's like, Hey, if, if there's like a legit number one option on the team, then you can start either placing him in your lineup and you can deal someone else. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to watch that game and see what happens the rest of the week. Uh, Jake captain Kirk's in the starting lineup. Yeah, and it's not a primetime game. It's at home. So that's that's I, I, I missed a Kirk Cousins primetime game. So I'm not not too uh, happy with that. But I mean, the rest of her matchups, I looked at this on Monday. And all I saw, all you see is either gray or green. Oh, and I love that. I love it. It's 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 looking bad for me already. Um, Jamar Chase going against Baltimore defense, 32nd. Mike Evans against Atlanta, 25th. TJ Hawkinson, uh, who I think kind of missed practice today, but I'm sure he'll be fine against the Patriots, 26th. Damian Harris against Detroit, 31st. I mean, these are all matchups that are leaning in Sam's favor. Um, And even the running back matchups, 16th and 20th, Joe Mixon and, and Clyde, respectively. This is all... Just not looking at Jaguars against Houston. It's just, yeah, I I don't like the spot that I'm in this week against Sam, even though I'm projected to win by eight points at 119 against 111. It's this is gonna. I think this is gonna be a rough week, and it might be one that you know surprises me. But I I still you know I'm, I'm I average 122 points a week, which is really nice. But I don't know. 
I, it's it's hard for me to see myself come out on top on this one. And I think it only gets uglier if uh, some positive reports come out of the Lions practice with uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, who's still nursing his sure. ankle injury. Yeah, but... like I, I think, yeah, and then he would just plug in right over Damian Harris, and then that's a that's a great lineup. Mm-hmm. And it is a sneaky it is a sneaky uh, defensive matchup because I know New England hasn't been great, but um, I'm not looking at what they're what they've been in terms of wide receivers or quarterbacks this year. But um, I feel like they're always playing in tight games, which we saw last week against green Bay. So maybe if he is in, maybe if he is in um, that offensive output that the, uh, the King Jared Goff has been doing all year, maybe stifled a little bit. Um, if they're, I, I think maybe a positive if Amon Ra doesn't go, the lions do have a bye next week. So maybe that might be the objective mm, just to give mm-hmm. them that extra week's rest and then knowing that they're going into the bye next week. But I think even with Damian Harris in uh, that Detroit defense, especially blocking the run is horrific. It's horrible. So I feel like mm-hmm. Damian Harris, if we get a, if there's a late call at Amon Ross St. Brown um, about him playing, I wouldn't be necessarily mad at Sam for keeping in Damian Harris there because I think he's primed for a good spot there. Definitely the potential of him mm-hmm. walking into the end zone. So yeah, what a deep team that Sam has. And it's crazy how it flips overnight once she puts out a big output that she put out last week that now um, we're really looking at her team as who has the potential at a three and one spot to make some noise. So you're scared about this matchup. Where do you think it's going to go? Um, I mean, the last couple of weeks, just with all the points that have been scored against me, it's hard for me to think that this isn't, that's going to oh stop. God. Uh, I mean, you would be crying right now. Let us like, let everyone know. I would have a four and record if I had Blake schedule. So, you know, it must be nice to, to play easy opponents. Um, but I, I'm going to take Sam in this. I think it's close, but I do think that these matchups are just too like good to pass up. Hmm. I I see what you're saying with the matchups, but and this is coming from a guy that's six and fourteen. Um with my don't matchups. You do it. Don't, I don't pick my team just because you're six and fourteen. Don't I'm not. No, I I like your analysis with Cream Hunt. I I think he's gonna I think he's got to revert back to what we see week one, not in terms of two touchdowns, stealing all of Nick Chubb's, um, all his opportunities in the goal line. But I do see a, a bounce back to the mean. I like your team. I'm going to go with you. I, I, I don't want you to pick. So we've been calling certain matchups the matchup of the week, but I'm going to throw a little shade here. This is our geriatric matchup of the week. Some of us, I know. Well, gotta throw some shade. We got some uh, our senior members here, Ronnie B and the official boys, both going at both two and two, seven and eight. This is a good rubber match. Rubber meets a road. One is going to drop. We're getting to the point uh, of the regular season and like playoff seedings that like you accumulating these early losses can sometimes be like sometimes you just can't come back. And I feel like it really sets in the pressure about maybe uh, addressing some certain pieces on your team. When I look at the rum runners is, is there a pressing need for, for his wide receivers? And what's the reason why Romeo Dobbs is in there? Well, Romeo Dobbs is in there because Nick's a Packers fan. And that's the oh, only yes. reason why. Oh, yes. Um, 
I don't think there's necessarily a pressing need. We have six teams that are in two and two. So, you know, one one loss here is not going to change their entire season, in my opinion. Um, I think it's all about getting points and making sure that you're scoring points because that will come back in the end to really help you out. But in saying that, you would want your best lineup or perhaps the player that is going to get you the most points. Now, we can project, we can analyze, we can you know, look at averages and go based off the math. But sometimes we don't, we just have no idea who's going to go off, who's not going to go off, right? So we can look and see at someone like James Robinson or a J.K. Dobbins who's projected at 12 points, probably has a higher ceiling than someone like Romeo Dobbs, who has been finding his way here and there with Aaron Rodgers. And he's gotten targeted more and more. He had eight targets the last two weeks, um, each of the last two weeks. Um, has had a touchdown in in each of the last two weeks. Um, So that's, you know, that's building off some consistency. But, you know, James Robinson has averaged 14 and a half points a week. Um, He did have a bad week last week, but that's, you know, in my opinion, it's due to a bad or really good defense and bad weather. Um, So both of these teams, I think, um, you know, are trying to just get as many points as possible and then, of course, winning is the most important thing, but you know, scoring a lot of points is extremely important as well. Yeah, I think I just put a lot of pressure on these early weeks because I think I'm viewing it through the prism of my like fucked up fantasy football mind where if I'm two and three then my season's over and I need to trade four of four guys off my team. So I guess I'm putting a lot of like my own psychology behind this matchup. But yeah, well, really quick, just based off that, like, I remember when I won, I think my team was like seven and six or something like that. Yeah, I'm looking at mm-hmm. it right now. I was seven and six, but for points four, I was, was this third or fourth in the league? So I knew I had a good team. And I came in, I think I came in sixth, like going into the playoffs. So I knew I had a good team. And I think, let me look at my, my points against was uh, fourth as well. So, like, I knew like something was going to give when yeah. I like got in there. So I, I don't think going down two and three is necessarily the worst thing. Um, I think eventually all that stuff balances out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, let's take a look at Brian's team. Miles Sanders still there. He's rocking it. Damian Pierce, who I was a little hesitant on. He's looking great. We always talk about, it's a broken record with Brian's team talking about his wide receivers. Um, and how they may be subjected to poor quarterback play. Mm-hmm. We saw last week that Russ was able to cook a little bit more. I think he's going to cook this Thursday against the Colts. So I really like Jerry Judy as an option this week. Yeah, I am still I'm still kind of concerned about Jerry Judy. I don't feel like he's like your typical number two wide receiver in an offense. Like he he might be their number two. But I see him more as like a third option in like just a regular op- offense, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Um, he just doesn't get the ball that much. He only had what, five targets last week. Yeah, four, five. five targets. He had four catches for fifty-three yards, a touchdown, and five targets. So like, to me, that's not necess- That's not like a Mike Williams, right? Like Mike. I mean, now Keenan's out, but like Mike Williams gets, and Mike Williams is inconsistent. But like when they throw him the ball, they throw him the ball ten times a game. Um, Someone uh, like a Jalen Waddle. I mean, I know that that offense is very, like, just very, very fast, but he gets 10 targets a game, right? So 
I'm still kind of on the fence with Jerry Judy. Um, he does have a decent matchup, and I think there's potential for him to meet his projections or perhaps go over them. Um, DK against the Saints in New Orleans. Um, it all comes down to Geno Smith, but DK gets targets. He had 10 this week. or sorry, last week, and he had 12 the week before that. And he's kind of finding his stride with Geno. He had uh, 15 points in week three, and he had 18 points in week four. So tough matchup with Lattimore being on him. But, I mean, Marcus Lattimore just got cooked by Justin Jefferson, which is a different receiver than DK in the, in the way that they play. Um, but, yeah, I, there's no one on Brian's bench where I would be like, oh, they need to start over um, Judy or DK. Even though I will say, shout out, I like George Pickens. I think George Pickens is a good bench option going to start getting that um, chemistry with uh, the new quarterback there, Kenny Pickett. Well, my only uh, my only rebuttal that I have with Jerry Judy is that you mentioned, <clears throat> excuse me, you mentioned um, his lack of involvement in terms of targets, but just look at last week, we were talking about how efficient um, Russell Wilson can be when you limit his passing, how much more he can get the offense going and moving. Um, last week, if we look at... Uh, how many times he was targeted, he still had a 15% target share um, with mm. only, it was like mid mid 20 passes that Russ threw out. So still involvement. It's good to know that um, in games where he, Russ isn't throwing a lot, that he's still involved at the same capacity that he was in other games when Russ was throwing a lot. So it's not like he's forgetting him in games that he's not throwing. He's still, still a focal part of that offense. Yeah, as a number two wide receiver, um, you're looking for something like DK Metcalf if you're in a situation where you have a bad quarterback where mm-hmm. you don't have I mean it's my it's the question that I ask Brandon Cooks every single time I start him is hey I don't have the offense I don't have the offense but I do have a guy that's getting 9 10 11 11 touches per game but I think DK DK is a great option because as you mentioned his rapport with Gino is just getting better and better and that offense isn't as horrible as I think everyone projected um, I, I just, I, I see the connection there. I see, I see Judy being a little bit more explosive per catch than DK at this point, um, in each of their kind of pass on their team. So I see this as a game against Indianapolis where they open it up a little bit more. I think Russ is starting to find his rhythm. His, that thumb is getting better. I think Jerry Judy is a sneaky, um, sneaky, like top. I'd say like top 12, top, like top 10 option this week. You think it's top 10 option for wide receivers this week? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling yeah, ballsy. I'd highly disagree with that, but uh, well, we'll see at the end of, uh, at the end of the week, what, where that goes. Um, right. Some other players on Brian, uh, his matchups in general, of course, it's all built around Travis Kelsey and Mahomes. I feel like they kill the Raiders like all the time. Yeah, and that's in Kansas City. Um, so I, I like points on that. Uh, Damian Pierce, a little tough matchup against Jacksonville. Miles Sanders against Arizona. I mean, what can you say about Miles Sanders? I'm just gonna keep my mouth closed about Miles Sanders. Miles um, Sanders is great. I'll I'll do that for you. Yeah, go ahead. You, yeah, you can talk about Miles Sanders I just, all you want. I mean, I mean, just a quick touch on him because I feel like all you do is negative. Is the the problem with Miles Sanders? year after year for me is there's always such um, potential just for him to touch the ball. I feel like he never got the ball um, in these past couple of years. And 
he was efficient when he had the ball, but it just seems they've always had a crowded backfield and he didn't show, I guess that like over the top spark that he needed to like push back. Um, obviously like guys like Gainwell and trying to think of some old, uh, Eagles backs. Hmm. Yeah. I can't help you on that because I, I don't think that they really had anyone. I yeah, just well, don't think he really... I I always thought I always thought uh jeez <clears throat> my bug in my throat. I always uh always thought Miles Sanders was was a decent serviceable running back, but I always felt that he didn't get that much of the options and he just kicked it to an, another level this year. So maybe the expectations that I had for him a couple years ago last year um it just all come into fruition now and I just you you you're never allowed to talk about him again. I can't because I mean, he just never scored touchdowns before this year, and he he has three on the season at least rushing. Does he have a catching one? No. So he's got three this year. Um, two of them came, of course, last week, and his in his big uh, coming out party. I feel like to show everyone that he is here to stay as far as a top ten running back, um, even the top twelve running back for him is huge. So definitely think that he. Uh, yeah, I'm, I can't say anything bad about him until perhaps if he were to throw up more uh, four-point weeks like he did week three, maybe about you know 75% the way the rest of the season. Maybe I'll have room to talk, but he definitely bit me in the ass, so I will uh, we'll stop speaking ill of Miles Sanders. Let's head over to the next team really quick. Um, he's got the Rodgers, Dobbs, Aaron Jones connection against the Giants. Um, in Lambeau, I don't know. I still don't know if this is the smart move. Whoa, 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 whoa! Unless the unless Lambeau teleported to uh, Totspur's stadium, that is the uh, that's the uh, oh, they're, in, they're in London. That's right. in London. Yes, that makes it even worse. It does. As far as as starting those three players, I still. I am not a, and I know in that interview we had with Nick, he was right. Like having a connection between a quarterback and a wide receiver, similar to what Brian has with uh, Stacks, Mahomes, and Kelsey. I get that. I don't get it at this point of Aaron Rodgers' career, especially with their rookie wide receiver and a very good running back in Aaron Jones. But I mean, Aaron Rodgers is twenty first in fantasy quarterbacks. He's not someone that I that I you know can start every week. So. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's going to work out for him, um, whether it's going to work out for him or not. I feel like there's, like we always talk about, there's certain players like Cooper Cup. I don't even care who they're playing. You play Cooper Cup no matter what. He's Mm -hmm. at a level where he's just matchup proof. I mean, he had like 19 targets last week. Insane. Yeah. Um, Aaron Rodgers is not in that class anymore. I feel like you are at a point with him. You do have to play matchups. You do have to play um potentially home home road splits start looking into that and if you're basing your whole team around your whole fantasy football uh lineup around one team and your starting quarterback that's should be the spearhead of that stack mm-hmm. is matchup dependent um that's bad that's not great and and you could yeah you can lose your whole Nick could lose his whole week just by the box score coming out of uh, the Packers games. Hundred percent, I, I completely agree with that. And I don't even know if it's. I don't think it's necessarily on Aaron. I, I think that he's still a really good quarterback. I think it's just with the weapons that they have. Like they, their wide receivers is just they're just 
they're either rookies or they're hurt like Sammy Watkins or they're old like Randall Cobb. Like those aren't guys for fantasy football purposes that are going to win you weeks, week in and week out as far as being able to throw touchdowns, you know, 50 point bonuses for touchdowns or sorry, 50 yard uh, bonuses for touchdowns. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I don't, I don't see it being like a, an advantage this year. Yeah. And, Look at Jared Goff. Jared Goff is the perfect example and the perfect person that you kind of target for the quarterback where you have a, to start the season, a great offense and a horrible, horrible defense. Mm -hmm. So you're constantly getting the ball back and you're getting offensive chances to catch up in the game. Mm -hmm. Aaron, uh, Green Bay offense still seems like it's in this infancy stage, even though they have Rodgers at at the helm. And um, so not the greatest offense, but their defense isn't that bad. Like the, they, I feel like every Packers game that I watch besides that Vikings game, they got kind of boat race pretty quick. Um, they're not this horrible defense. that's going to be turning the ball over or that's going to be a uh, given up point. So Aaron's going to be constantly catching up. Like we mentioned, they do have a run identity um, mm-hmm. and their running game is efficient enough where um, if they do get up a, to a quick score and they're up um, that they can kind of control the pace of the clock. Aaron's not in this situation where, a, he's being prolific as he was in years past with these all these weapons, and he's not in a situation where he's on a horrible team um, defensively, where he's getting more options at the end of the day. So, just not a lot of like, not a lot of over the top optimism I have for Aaron Rodgers and this stack that Nick has. Yeah, I agree. So, in saying all of this, who are you taking this week in this matchup? I'm taking Nick. Wow. <laughs> okay. I think. Uh, I think Tyreek Hill. Even though, even with the situation with Teddy Bridgewater, um, I saw a little bit out of Teddy Bridgewater when he came in yeah. relief that I'm still positive about mm-hmm. Tyreek. Mm-hmm. I think this is the perfect matchup for him to just absolutely go off and kind of just shake the cobwebs of everything that happened in that game with Tua. And yeah, I think Ty- or, uh, Teddy throws a better deep ball than Tua anyway. Jesus. Okay. Um, Tua threw an interception and he, Tyreek was wide open and then Teddy hit one deep to Tyreek. So I think Tyreek can do those go routes where he just flies past everyone. Teddy can still steady, steady, steady can still throw it. Okay. No, I, yeah, I think, I think where people are shy on that opinion is what we've seen out of Teddy, um, from New Orleans to the Broncos. So it's a, it's, a, it's a rather shocking statement, but I agree with you. I know he can still throw. Um, yeah, I take Nick's team. I'm, I don't think that Giants matchup for the Packers is going to be um, absolutely a backbreak. I think Aaron will have a good game. I think Green Bay is going to win that game. Uh, I I like I just I love Tyreek Hill. I get I like when I have Tyreek Hill in a matchup that I like. I um, he can make up for whatever small in- inefficiencies other players are going to play. So I-, I expect Tyreek to have a big game, and I expect Rum Runners to win this one. Okay. I'm going to take Brian's team, the official boys. Um, I think this is the Deshaun Watson karma game uh, to where Nick loses again in uh, in a disappointing fashion. He has to go up against Mahomes and Travis Kelsey on a Monday night. And I think that they do the same thing that you did to him where he's up Monday night, kind of resting comfortably. And then Mahomes and Kelsey take over and um, drop him to two and three. I'm not a fan of Christian McCaffrey's um, uh, their matchup this week against the Niners. 
Um, I know Christian has been, he played better last week, but I, I, I don't know. I just don't see they're probably it's that's going to be a weird game. I feel like both offenses trying to find their way, but I don't see McCaffrey doing anything on the ground really. And I think with the Niners defense, they have guys that can kind of fly to the ball. So I, I like uh, the Niners to kind of keep Christian McCaffrey at bay. But I just like Brian's matchups a lot um, as far as Mahomes and Kelsey, his big-time players. I think Kamara, this also kind of depends if Kamara plays. I think he practiced, um, I think, in full today. Yeah, I heard a report that he was saying uh, himself that he's good to go. He yeah, said that, that he's good to go. Yeah, so if he's good to go, they play Seattle at home. I think that's a huge game for Kamara. Um, I think he finally gets on like that first-round kind of running back potential. I think DK has a good game. And, uh, yeah, I like Brian's team to beat Nick's team this week, and which forces Nick to drop uh, Deshaun Watson and end his curse on his team. All right, bubble butt curse against the cat. Hashtag claws up. Claws up. Anytime you uh, say it, just say the cat. I'll, I'll come with the hashtag. Okay, yeah, I'll let you finish Because I'm, like um, I'm in my apartment by myself, literally just clutching claw, my hands into claws. Up. Yeah. Um, Phillips is two and two, sixth place. Blake is three and one. Well Top deserved. of the league. Well deserved. Um, we have a six point projected to, uh, spread in this. Blake with 112, Phillips with 106. We'll dive into Blake's team first. Who do you like this week on your squad? And is it Kyler Murray? It's never Kyler Murray. Honestly. If I had one of the juicier options, and I'm not trading for him, Jake, but if I had like a juicy option like Jared Goff this week, I definitely would um, would start him over Kyler. I was kind of browsing the waiver wire. I don't mm-hmm. like I don't like Derek Carr. I don't. I've been burned this season, and I've been lucky um, for some of my outcomes about um, not riding with the players that I believe in. So maybe I should switch it up because I don't believe in Kyler Murray, especially this week against Philadelphia. I hope um, I'm just hoping that he can salvage any fantasy production via ground and maybe can roll into a a rushing score this week. Um, It's going to be tough sledding. So I am a little down to on Michael Pittman. I am excited. Um, I'm excited for that matchup because I, I think Denver is going to be really good. So looking across the board and seeing Russell Wilson, I, I do see uh, a game where he's hitting projections or it goes a little bit more. Um, so I do like the positive game strip of Michael Pittman. If that is the case, if I think that Denver is going to be up, that is going to be up. But we've seen all season that Matt Ryan is not it. I, I don't see him. I Man, I can't see. The way that I've watched his offense perform, I can't see them like scoring like thirty points or like a like mm-hmm. a barn burger kind of game. So I, I'm I'm excited that maybe that that positive game strip will work out for me. But I'm a little worried with that matchup. I know Denver's uh, secondary has been banged up, but still a great defense. And if they hyper focus on Michael Pittman, then we're gonna get a Mo Mo Alley Cox game again, and <laughs> that just kills me. Um, Chubb's going to run over the Chargers. I can't wait to watch that game. Yeah, I, I think as a Charger fan, I think that's the number one play this week um, is Nick Chubb. Um, just, you know, an easy 100 and a touchdown. You you love to hear it. I'll take that. Um, 
Devin Singletary. Yeah, let's play out this one. So you have your flex position. You you have uh, good players on your bench, um, but there are a couple guys on here that perhaps it's an interesting pick with Devin Singletary. I he he's been getting so involved in the past game that it's getting to a spot. I think I think most people would be like, well, you saw what happened with Brees Hall last week and how effective he was in the offense and Bree Hall definitely gets a lot of, uh, they saw him finish up that drive. They went to him to get that touchdown. He um, he's been better in the passing game. He's getting more involved there. So I feel like Devin Singletary and, and Brees Hall are, are getting to that same category. Um, why I'm not playing Brandon cooks. I'm still tinkering with that. If I had to make a decision today and if I'm going between two guys for that flex spot, it's going to be, Devin Singletary and Brandon Cooks. Personally, let this be a, a message to the league that I'm willing to trade Brees Hall. I um, I see that the talent's there. I I feel that I have other options that I can go with. So he's open. Okay. All right. So, yeah, if you're listening um, and you need a running back, Brees Hall is on the block. Um, really quick, just with some of those players you touched on, yeah, I think Kyler Murray is I mean, Kyler Murray has been you watch the first half and you're like, why is he my starting quarterback? He is he's trash. And then the second half they make these adjustments where they let him run the ball a lot more. Um, and then he ends up getting you twenty points. So I, I think it's gonna start out very similar as far as that first half is going to be like I can't wait to text you and be like, Oh man, here's classic Kyler, like just you know three points at halftime. Um, but I don't know if he gets to that 20 this week. I know he's averaging 20 and his projections are 18. Uh, but like you said, I don't know if there's any better, you know, a better backup um, or a better option on the waivers and some sort of, you know, matchup that really is better than Kyler. So I see why you're, you're waiting out. Uh, you're waiting it out and you're going to, you're going to play him this week. The rest of those matchups we touched, we touched on Chubb. Um, yeah, I think you have an interesting interesting week ahead of you. It's, it's very strange. Like Najee against Buffalo, I don't know what I'm getting there. Um, Devonte against KC, they'll probably be down that game, I would, one would assume. Um, so they'll be throwing the ball around a lot more. And then, of course, your boy David Njoku against the Chargers. I'm trying to think back of what the Chargers have done against tight ends. And I feel they've, like they've, been them. they've been they've asked. They've been asked. Sure. Yep. Um, yeah, so perhaps he he goes off against the Chargers, um, but I mean, he was held out of Wednesday's practice. Okay, with knee slash rest, so he should be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, interesting week for you. Let's head over to Phillips's team. You kind of touched on Russ already. With you, you like that matchup um, against Indy. I think Derrick Henry has another great game this week against Washington. Um, not a fan of Washington's defense whatsoever. And Derrick Henry starting to get in that groove to where he's scoring a touchdown. So you kind of just have to hope that he, you know, gets, you know, less than a hundred yards, doesn't catch too many passes, or you're already looking at like think, a 20, 25 spot. I think watching the resurgence of Derrick Henry, there's some definite correlation with getting him involved in the passing game has proved to be wonders for his overall run game. So for me, I'm just hoping that they just don't throw him the ball. Well, a lot of that stuff's just screens. 
um, which but they still it's still though it's it's still a whole nother dimension when they do a drop back and instead of even though it's a little screen and it's practically a run play um, that makes that that box um, kind of I don't know I just it really improves that offense and we've seen it and it really opens up for Derrick Henry. Yeah, I I think the one game that he had the worst game of the year was that Buffalo game, and he still still scored eight points. But that defense is so damn good, especially those guys up front. But I mean, the first week he still averaged four yards a carry, he didn't get in the end zone. Uh, but the Vegas one, four yards a carry, a touchdown, and then he, of course he caught some. So I see what you're saying, but I still think when you give him the ball twenty times, he's good for a hundred yards, um, whether he whether he catches the ball or not. Zeke against the Rams. This one's interesting to me. Only because I don't know if there's a better option on Phillips' team as far as running back. Maybe you maybe you take a flyer on Tyler Algier uh, against Tampa since he is going to be running the ball most likely um, the starter. Um, Travis Etienne's been disappointing, so I think you kind of have to play Zeke. I I think you 100% play Zeke in this position. Uh, Rams are at home, so obviously what we saw last week at the RIP Candlestick Park that you want pieces um you want pieces on teams that are playing against the Rams right now. That defense is in shambles. So mm-hmm. I think Zeke Zeke can prove to be I think Zeke hits his projections. I mean it's not a tall order um in terms of expectation eleven points and Yeah but that that has to be a touchdown, no? That does. That does. But I feel, what do we have in receptions in terms of uh, his last couple of weeks? Uh, two, one, one, and one. Yeah. I mean, look at, I mean, I can see, I, I can I can feasibly see a world where, he, where Zeke ha- replicates what he had last week in terms of, if he can get it, um, 50 yards, 20, 25 through the air. But I think what the Rams... Uh, inability just to block anyone right now we saw with uh the niners rushing attack they were great debo's an extension of that um i i see that exact same stat line against washington but maybe he falls in for a touchdown yeah i, I actually uh my prediction of the week i think tony p gets more points than zeke this week oh, i think okay. so you're thinking uh, someone, someone with, on that backfield is going to get it just yeah because i think the the faster kind of more shiftier guy i don't you're not going to be able to bowl over the rams front guys and their linebackers i think someone that has more agility someone that has a little bit more get to the outside yeah and get to the outside for instance like jeff wilson last week is fast when he's in open space and i think if you can get tony p in open space i think he can make those moves um and and get you those points Mm -hmm. um some other ones aj brown against arizona i mean he's got marquise against philly too so that's a good I mean, you'll be able to watch that game and kind of see how your week's going to play out. I do like Chris Olave um, this year a lot. He's one of the better uh, wide receiver rookies. Um, he's got a good match against Seattle. Uh, it is Andy Dalton, and I believe Michael Thomas is still out. Um, yeah. And I believe, and I, I don't even know, I think Jarvis, uh, Jarvis is Jarvis. I so. think they're all questionable um, as of Wednesday. Yeah, so I think Chris Olave is a good play as well. Um Tyler Conklin, I think this is one of those one of those things to where like you see someone on the waiver wire and you see that he's fourth in the league and you're like, okay, like just get that production still. And then the next week comes and he like he gives you five to six points and you're like, Can I trust this guy? Well, I don't think you have a lot of options because 
Yeah, I currently have th- I currently have three of the tight ends. So if you want a tight end, you'd have to go through me. Um, I think the biggest worry out of him was the shift of quarterbacks. How much does that uh, change the involvement? He uh-huh. he looks like he swapped, and this makes sense because of the two quarterbacks and their differences. He went from Joe Flacco, who was very conservative, a lot of dump offs, so let he had a lot of targets, to Zach Wilson, where lost some of that targets but he way more explosive plays downfield his uh-huh. average jumped seven yards per reception just with zach wilson at the helm so i think if you're continuing to see maybe in the next three weeks if zach wilson's still in there because he always gets hurt but if he's still in there um if you see in the next even this week if similar if he's getting five six targets you want that with zach wilson because Zach Wilson's a little bit more explosive. Put him in uh, spots where, because um, the guy's like a, the guy is almost looks like a running back too. He's like a big, he's not like a big chunky guy. Like he can actually have athleticism. So he's a guy that in the open field, he could take advantage of Zach Wilson's explosive, uh, explosive options that he could bring. So I'm excited for him. I think he's, I think he'll, I, I think he'll, he'll put up a good week. I think it's an okay matchup. Okay, so this matchup, like I said earlier, projected 112 at 106. I'll start first. I think you're going to get this win. Um, I think I think you'll be able to to get across the Kyler Murray mediocre game. Um, I think Nick Chubb has a really big game. I think Devontae has his standard, his average, which is around 15. Um I can see this game being a little low scoring, this matchup, but I, I think you do pull it out. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Hmm. I see this matchup, and I, I love the home run hitting with Chubb. And mm-hmm. I know I have options with Devil, Devin Singletary, but Pittsburgh last season, they couldn't stop the run to save them save their lives. And um, the defense isn't as as inspiring this year, so I feel like that's a sneaky good matchup that I think Devin Singletary will will be able to produce in. Yeah, without T.J. Watt, they have been absolutely terrible. Yeah, defense. and they were the they were like like statistically just like one of the worst rush defense last year. And there's not much that really carried over from this year to last year with, but no T.J. Watt. So I think I'm I will stick with Singletary in that spot. I think I got a lot of heavy hitters. I'm excited. I'm I'm excited for this matchup. This is one that I feel I should comfortably win, and I will win, and I will pick myself, which means I will probably lose. <laughs> All right. So we have House Chargarian against the Ghost of Forte. Uh, Steph coming in at third place against Phil, who is at the bottom of the league at ten. Now, we right now have Steph projected to win by eight, but that's not the one thing that has stuck out to us when we opened up the box score. Um, Phil, over this course this year, has had a few interesting pickups. Um, as I remember, he had Taysom Hill, had him starting for a bit, then he pulled him. Then he had the Atlanta, yeah, little tease, Atlanta Falcons defense in there, uh, played them. And now we look at his starting quarterback. Now, Phil has Tua, of course, um, who is going to be out for the foreseeable future, and nobody else. Uh, he had Trevor Lawrence. He dropped him for 
freshly started rookie QB Kenny Pickett on the road in Buffalo. Can you think of a worse place to start your career? Do you think of a better story that is told when we talk about the Kenny Pickett when he walks in to Buffalo and puts a 30 burger on them for fantasy? Do you want to do you want to take a bet on that? I'm not going to take a bet on that, but um, <laughs> there's obviously plenty of better option Phil uh, could have went here, but I I don't I can't I can't endorse it, but yeah, this would be I, like one I of those iconic know. iconic iconic starts if he goes off though. Yeah, I mean that if he does, then it's going to it's that will be something else. But he's projected for twelve point five. I think Lamar Jackson can probably get that on one single drive. Oh, easily. I think uh, him breaking breaking it off and uh, just falling in for a, a rushing touchdown. Oh, I think I think the realistic well, realistically what's going to happen here is Kenny's going to hit about three points. Lamar's going to hit thirty. We're going to have a ten x split. Um, <laughs> but you gotta love the balls on Phil. Yeah, I I think as someone that is seeing this from afar, taking a step back, you're one and three in last place. Like the season is not over, so I I'm very confused as to why Kenny Pickett is starting because I think if he were, you know, to pick up even if he were to leave Trevor Lawrence and he's playing the Houston Texans, so I feel like he could have just left Trevor in there, um, and you know he probably that could be a lot closer. Um, let's look at Phil's team. The rest of the team, he's got Saquon playing in London. Saquon's really been the star of his team alongside of Stephon Diggs. But besides that, uh, T. Higgins has been pretty good too. But besides that, not too many guys that in my you know analysis like have like boom potential. Hmm. I don't think – I know Tampa Bay's uh, defense, and that's another tough matchup for Drake London. So I can see where he's scared in terms of the production he got out of Drake London last week, but entry report came out that Kyle Pitts is going to be out. Mm-hmm. So even in that tough matchup, you know, he's going to get the targets. He's going to get the production. Um, I see that as a potentially better option than Gabe Davis. Cause we're getting back to back weeks now with Gabe Davis. Well, last week um, he did not have a high snap count. He wasn't that involved. Um, that Pittsburgh matchup might be a good matchup. Cause the, the yeah, I, I do defense. think that's going to be a good matchup. But I think a better matchup is possibly rolling with uh, Ramondre Stevenson against Detroit. We saw mm. um, both were active, uh, Stevenson and Harris, but both were very efficient. They're going against the worst rush defense, I believe, in the league. Yes. Um, definitely an opportunity where, um, man, I see one, maybe one Patriot is just uh, running back is going to just blow up in that matchup, maybe Damon Harris. But still, I wouldn't mind having a piece of that pie. It, for me, it, I'm, I almost feel like I'm getting, like, if it's a juicy matchup for wide receivers, I would like the number two wide receiver in that game. So I look at that and time what I think the output is going to come from both of those running backs in that game. Mm-hmm. I feel like Ramondre Stevenson is definitely going to be more involved than Gabe Davis. Yeah, I I can see that. I'm not sure if I agree, but I can, I can see that. Uh, I think... Yeah, I do think with a rookie quarterback playing in New England, um, fourth-round pick, Bailey Zapp, I think that they probably will keep the ball on the ground a lot, and I can see them just kind of feeding both guys 15-plus times, which is going to be a lot more than what Gabe Davis will be seeing. But I also agree that I think that that Pittsburgh matchup is nice, but you do have two uh, Buffalo Bills as your wide receivers, so 
we'll see on that. Let's head over to Steph's team. Disappointing week last week. Um, but she has some players, um, you know, some players that got hurt. So Jonathan Taylor was out Thursday night, which meant uh, she needed to move up Jamal Williams to the starting, uh, to one of the running back spots, and she put Mike Williams in the flex. That's a good lineup. I love Mike Williams. We talked about the boom bust potential. Um, I think that Cleveland, this Cleveland matchup, I don't know much about the outside and who's going to be guarding Mike Williams, but I do believe that Cleveland's going to be uh, running the ball pretty well in that game. So maybe I were I where I'm happy if the if they can convert uh, Cleveland, they can convert and they can kind of put Chargers on the back heel. We're going to get a passing game with Mike Williams. Obviously, that helps him out, but. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that Cleveland game. What do you think? Um, well, I know that Cleveland gives up a lot of passing yards. They are like okay. a, they're one of the top or worst pass defenses in the NFL. Um, but uh, Denzel Ward is their number one corner, and he's a pretty good corner. I think it's the rest of the secondary that's kind of shaky. Um, so you know, so Keenan's still out, and I think Josh Palmer hit the injury report too. So the Chargers are starting to get a little thin at wide receiver. So perhaps look for maybe more of their tight ends, like a Gerald Everett, who Steph does also have. Um, but yeah, I, I think that game is going to be a very close game, and I, I can see that being a high-scoring one. Okay. So you're not worried about anyone. Um, I mean, just looking at a whole lineup, Christian Kirk, Jalen Waddle, kind of question marks, but they got great matchups. Jamal Williams showed last week that him as another number one option uh-huh. is probably like a high-end running back two in this league. So you start uh-huh. with confidence and uh, uh-huh. yeah, I love Steph's team. Uh, I'm not going to, I wouldn't, if I'm her, I wouldn't be stressed out with the Jonathan Taylor. You got, um, you got a cake matchup this week. <laughs> yeah. When you're going up against a quarterback that has never started a game then, uh, and especially on the road against one of the best defenses, I, I, I agree that she has a cake matchup. So are we both taking Steph? Easy. Give me Steph. Yeah, I'll take Steph to to bounce back here and uh, get a record to three and two, um, and hopefully, hopefully for Phil, he doesn't fall to one and four. Because if you fall to that one and four, that's when I really think you got to start tinkering around with your team. Quarterback sneaks versus the notorious one and three is Shane, two and two Trey. Hmm, looking at a Shane's team, and I'm looking at the running backs, and he. I worry about Khalil Herbert because Dave Montgomery is itching. Uh, he may be close to be returning next week. So I'm in the camp that if Montgomery's in, you don't play Khalil Herbert. And I'm looking at his bench. And He's got Mo- Montgomery flexed. on the IR, though. So oh, Okay. I for- oh, I didn't scroll down far enough. So, um, man, but even then, even if that's the only running back uh, available, if you have to make the decision between Montgomery or uh, Herbert, both – both are going to be hampered uh, by both of their involvement. Uh-huh. And David Montgomery, I don't see him being that effective coming out of injury. So what do you think about that? Yeah, I think 13.3 is, is a pretty high projection. That's basically them saying that he's going to score a touchdown, um, which I think is against a Minnesota rush defense. That is pretty good. It's not it's not terrible. Um, but yeah, I, I do think even – I think if I'm a Shane, I'm hoping that Montgomery sits. Yeah. Um, because then you at least get that number one running back in Khalil Herbert. And Ashane doesn't really have any other options as far as running back. He lost Cordell Patterson as well for four weeks, and um, he didn't play Naeem Himes, which is good because he he was concussed in the first uh, you know series of the game. So 
Looking at a Shane's team, it, it, I think his squad is going to fall squarely on Jalen Hurts this week. I think if Jalen Hurts has his typical, he's projected for 25 points, which I feel like is a lot. It's more than Josh Allen this week, which I'm kind of surprised um, with Josh Allen playing at home and Jalen having to go on the road. But the Cardinals really haven't been that, uh, you know, haven't really played that well. And I do think that uh, Jalen Hurts has potential to hit that project- projection. Arizona's um, has been bad at home. They uh, they had some weird stat going into that Panthers game uh, under Kyler and Cliff. They were like seven and one or something, some weird stat. Mm-hmm. So it's weirdly a disadvantage for Arizona being at home. Um, I yeah, I would. I mean, give me give give me Jalen Hurts over on points than uh, Josh Allen. I think it's mm-hmm. going to be close. They're both going to be gangbusters, but I feel pretty confident on that. I'll take a friendly bet with you on I'll take Josh Allen over Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. But uh okay. I think I think both do score top five in uh quarterbacks this week. Oh yeah, I think maybe even top I three. Say easy, but yeah. yeah, top five, top three, definitely. Um Ashane's wide receivers, Justin, Jefferson, Debo. Uh a little surprising with uh Garrett Wilson there. Um, you know, he has kind of struggled. DJ Moore has just I love DJ Moore's wide receiver. He just has got no chemistry with Baker Mayfield. That has been Zero. a very, very disappointing um, kind of performance this year by him. Deontay Johnson, I'm not sure. Let me look at his stats from last week. Um, he only had two catches with 11 yards. So, you know, with the new quarterback, you kind of, you probably should just wait and see what happens with that. Um but yeah, I feel like you kind of have to play Garrett Wilson. I feel like he had another wide receiver at some point, but I I could be wrong. Maybe he was playing DJ Moore this whole entire time. Um, I think he was. Yeah, but then Jer- like we talked about George Kittle last week. Like you can't really depend on George Kittle. Seven point one points. I feel like is a very very low number, but I feel like that's kind of right where he should be. Yeah, I feel like it's an accurate projection. Um, you just got to live with the George Kittle bumps in terms of where he's going weeks mm-hmm. not being pro- productive. And I think that's always a scare with him uh, every year, every year in the draft season that we've seen flashes of where he's been amazing. And uh, especially like this first two years when he really jumped out, but uh, he's used differently than most tight ends. And that's just something you, you got to roll with. And especially with the tight end landscape right now, and once again, because I have three tight ends on my team and I'm holding all of them. Uh, Garrett Wilson, I feel like out of those three this week, um, they're all tough matchups. San Francisco for um, DJ Moore, Buffalo for Deontay Johnson. I feel like with Garrett Wilson, maybe out of those three, those he's most likely to get a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, so I see that as the best option when I'm looking at all three. I'm scared of all three. Uh because Xavier Howard could potentially be on Garrett Wilson and that in itself is a challenge as well. Mm-hmm. So, but give me Garrett Wilson as your best potential of getting a touchdown. So. Okay. I like yeah. that. Uh, let's head to Trey's team. Um, you know, I, I see a team that still is kind of struggling on the, the running back aspect as far as, um, you know, Josh Jacobs had a really good week last week, but I feel like Josh Jacobs goes through those, like one boom game and then like two or three just mediocre to like not great games. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have much options. Like yeah. you said, they're the, the league. There's been some chatter in the league. Um, trades are flying. People mm. are getting text messages. Now I feel like it's only 
from my phone to someone else or your phone to someone else. <laughs> but um, Trey, I know Trey has been uh, approached a lot about trades. And um, there are teams talking with them that, yes, <laughs> yes. And um, I think he he has a good team. I think um, the Kyle, he got, he's great pickup having Zach Ertz. That's kind of floated his season because if, mm -hmm. if he had just invested into Kyle Pitts, like most people would do, he'd be hurting right now. But he's holding steady water. But yeah, Josh Jacobs, I don't know. I don't know if you can, can uh, depend on that as an RB2. Austin Eckler, we just saw him wake up last week. Uh, was that a regression to the mean or was that just this one-time thing? So I will just touch on Austin Eckler really quickly. I think he I think he kind of struggles this week. He might get a touchdown because he's so like dynamic in the red zone. Like he can be, you know, catch a ball out of the backfield, uh, maybe, you know, run. But I, I do worry. I believe both of the edges for the Browns are going to be playing, Miles Garrett and Davion Clowney, which I know they are good run stoppers as well. Um, and the Chargers offensive line is still banged up a little bit, and they will be for the foreseeable future. So I'm not sure if Austin Eckler is going to get too much um, play like running the ball. Now, catching the ball, he's been one of the best running back uh, receivers in football. I mean, he <laughs> four catches, nine catches, eight catches, and six catches. Like he He's going to catch the ball no matter what. So he's still going to get his points there, but I am a little, I could see like, a, you know, his first two weeks, 14 carries for 36 yards, 14 carries for 39 yards. I, I can kind of see that, you know, coming back. Yeah. So, I mean, you touched on it running back. His running back room is tough. He is at a point where he needs to address that at a trade, but I mean, if he can get the same productions out of Josh, Josh Jacobs and Austin Eckler, like he did last week, then you don't need to trade. Uh -huh. So, Maybe they're gonna catch hot. Maybe they um, surprise us this week. Who who do we like here? Well, really quick, he has finally not have haven't had to start a Jarvis Landry or a Marvin Jones. So we finally have a Chris Godwin in the lineup. His first time making an appearance this year, um, and I do like that matchup against Atlanta. I think I saw a stat today like Brady's never lost against Atlanta, so I could see the the Buccaneers kind of taking their frustrations out on the Falcons and, and them scoring, you know, thirty plus points. But as far as matchups, this is a tough one. Hmm. Man, I don't, I don't know. This is a, actually, a, I feel like a really hard one. I want to make a prediction regarding their point output, <clears throat> but I don't want to look like an idiot again. Um, I'm going to say both of these teams have very high scores by the quarterbacks, but I think they're going to come close to breaking 100. I think it's going to be right around 100 points each. And I'll take a Shane because I think I like Josh Allen more than Jalen Hurts. I'm going to take the Notorious. Sorry, I'm going to take Trey. Did I say a Shane or Trey? I'm going to take Trey. Yeah, my bad. What, was, what happened there? Yeah, no, I, I, was, I got their names mixed up for some reason. I'm taking Trey to beat a Shane because I like Josh Allen more. There we go. Bring it. Bring it That's in. That's... Oh my gosh. It's like Twilight Zone there. Um, I'm also taking the notorious. I think I think James Conner is gonna sniff that project uh Ooh, projection yeah, that he I has. Like that. And uh I think I think the Clil Herbert situation and uh Montgomery situation, even if I was in his position, I'd I i would not want to be there. Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't want uh 
it's just a tough call. And I just feel like both his running backs are going to struggle. And I think if you get half of what uh, Josh Jacobs and Austin Eckler did last week, it's going to oh, for sure dominate dominate that matchup. So give me the notorious. Jake, when you're high, you're high. But when you're low, you're Baki Spats. Yeah, this is this was a Baki special last week. Um, going into last week, you know, four and two, my first week, I was three and oh, feeling good. Um, and then last Sunday happened where on the podcast, I was wrong on everything. Um, and not only was I wrong on all the matchups and the analysis, but I was also wrong in my Baki's bets. I went, we're not going to even talk about what the picks were, but everyone just needs to know that I was a whopping O and four. Bruh. 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 That's four bras uh, for every loss that I had last week. Just was not good. I, I was watching the first the, the first two games were in the 10 o'clock portion, and I just knew once those lost, I was like, uh, Baki's bets, I think, is going to go 0-4 for today. So we are going to get into Baki's bets this week, week five. Um, we start out with the texans at the jaguars now this is one that you you know years ago you would have been like how the hell are the jags getting seven points but blake do you know what the, the expression the what the acronym kiss stands for um didn't they have a song detroit rock city no the act yeah not the band but the acronym kiss keep it simple stupid oh, so i, I need to keep it that. simple Okay. I need to keep it simple. This is a this is just don't even think about it. Jags minus seven. If you want to buy the hook, so it's six and a half, so a touchdown you win. I highly recommend it. But I think the Jags get back on the winning side. Trevor Lawrence has a really good game. James Robinson has a really good game. It's at home, Jags minus six and a half. My second game, we're gonna be going to LA, the Cowboys at the Rams. Now the Rams looked pretty bad uh, last Monday, and so I don't want this to be a reactionary pick, but I do think the Cowboys defense is going to give the Rams a lot of fits. Um, so instead of taking the line, which I'm just going to change up right now, I, I told Blake I was going to take Dallas plus five and a half. I'm actually going to take the under in this game at 42. I think uh, Stafford is still going to struggle to move the ball downfield. Both defenses are pretty good. I think Cooper Rush um, has been good, but I think that he'll struggle a little bit against Dallas on the road, even though it most likely will be a home game for the Cowboys. Then my third pick, Bengals at the Ravens. Now, the Ravens have had a lot of weird games this year, and they've all been super, super close. So I'm going to be taking the Bengals plus three and a half. I think this is a Sunday night game. I think Joe Burrow and that wide receiver core is they're going to do a really good job against Lamar. Lamar is still Lamar, and he's going to have a great game as well. But it's just something seems weird in Baltimore. You have players yelling at each other. You have players yelling at the coach. Um, so I can see the Burrow keeping it tight and Lamar doing what he does. But I think this is a field goal game towards the end of the game. That could go either way. So my three bets this week, uh, we're not going to get crazy with four because I don't want to have to go 0-4 again. But we have the Jags minus 6.5. The under on the Cowboys Rams at 42 and the Cincinnati Bengals plus three and a half.